0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: Relationships, I think, are everything in your business and in your personal life also. Yeah. It's you display who you are every day through your business. And in my case, I wanna I want to display Christ through my actions. And if I can do that, I'm successful. So those relationships can be strictly business, or they can then lead over to personal situations in people's lives that you can make a difference in. by your example. So if I can lead, if if I can show myself to be Christ-like every day, then I've done my job. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with
0: Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, your host, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Rick Butler on the King stage. Rick, how are you?
1: I'm great, Chaz. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. Yeah. You know, off air, you were giving me a little bit of the business, going, why, why, why have you chosen me? Why am I here? And uh, for the listeners, if you're listening and you're not watching the video, you know, maybe Rick, you were a little bit concerned about whether age played a played a role in this, but. I'm loving the fact that maybe you've been in business for a while. I think you're going to have some great nuggets to drop here. So you go with all that. All right, sounds good. I appreciate it. Fair enough, my man. What kind of business do you have, brother?
1: Well, we're very specific. I mean, we're different than most businesses. Okay. We're a hardwood products company. Okay. Very vertically integrated, so that we do everything from wholesale, retail, and manufacturing so we're we're able to touch all aspects of our industry which sets us apart from most people in in our industry
0: yeah yeah you get to service yourself
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right? and we do service other such as flooring stores that call us for transitions for their jobs or dimensional lumber or stair parts or so the the list goes on so we have great relationships with our competition only because there's there's plenty of business for everyone and yeah you know, we're a good business environment, good partners in that way.
0: Yeah, I love that, that you're providing those solutions. And also what you said about, a comp, you know, competitors, it's, you know, if you've got a great product and you're giving them the opportunity to sell it, it sounds like you both win.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Relationships are everything in business that if when, once you learn that, then there's plenty of room for everyone that you're dealing with. And you, you make yeah. great friends that way, too
0: yeah you're you're hundred percent right in in the Gathering the Kings mastermind we were just talking about off off air a little bit. We talk about leveraging time, resources, and key relationships and so you're hundred percent right. I'm glad I'm right you're telling me you're you're validating what I, what I'm saying, which is fantastic I appreciate excellent excellent that because man you're I think even just in the last couple of years myself, as I've pressed more into relationships, I've always known that they're important you you don't you don't have a sales process if you don't know how to build relationships. But from a business perspective, not just a sales perspective, the relationships, it's hard to quantify, but man, it just year after year after year become more and more valuable to you if you, if you press into them. Do you want to share anything, words of wisdom there since you, since you made a point there?
1: Well, relationships, I think, are everything in your, in your business and in your, in your personal life also. It's, you know, you, you display who you are every day through your business. You know, and, and in my case, I want to, I want to display Christ through my actions, you know, and if I can do that, I'm successful, you know, so those relationships can be strictly business or they can then lead over to, you know, personal situations in people's lives that you can make a difference in yeah. by your example. So so if I can lead, if, or if I can show myself to be Christ-like every day, then I've done my job.
0: Yeah. I just appreciate that perspective. I, I have a similar view and whether it's with my family, of course, but you know, team or, or as I'm interacting with other business owners, the, the practical word of what that, what that looks like for me is excellence. If if I do things with excellence, then what that should reflect is, or what it sh- what the response that I believe that I get, if we do things with excellence is like a, huh, that's it. That was different. That was interesting. That was nice. Yeah. That was premium. You know, like something's different yeah. about this individual or this team or this business or this product or whatever. And so, yeah, yeah it's think,
1: often, often the unexpected that uh, yeah. surprises people or takes them off guard because they're used to not seeing that a lot of times and um, right, it's good that they can't.
0: Yeah. I think that there's just so many ways in a business and as a leader, as an individual that you can be excellent. And obviously that's a representation of, of Christ. Specifically, but then you know it 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 then actually provides what you're trying to do in in the natural, you just being good at what you do. It's not like you would ever regret that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it hits two birds with one stone, you know what I
1: mean? yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Let's talk about let's talk about the bigger picture for you. You've been doing this for a minute, you've even got your family involved. You kind of mentioned that off air just briefly. We'll get to that here in a second but I want to know what's the, what's the, why, why do you push? Why have you built this thing? Why are you still doing it? Like, what are you after?
1: Well, I, as my mother would say, I was always an entrepreneur from birth is, is how she puts it. I've always enjoyed business and talking to people that were in business and understanding how different businesses worked. And it's kind of led to, to that. I enjoy developing business. Probably the biggest thing in that is that I surround myself with great people because I lack in areas such as the detail. I, I enjoy right. developing business, but I, I like my CFO to work on the financials and you know right. get the figures to me to what I need. And I have a great team that I'm very fortunate, especially today with today's lack of people wanting to work. I've got, most of my people have been here to 20 to 30 years. Um, So I have a great team. I could, I could leave for a week, a month, and they can run the business without me. And that's a a great testament to their, their abilities. So yeah, yeah, I enjoy, I'm, I'm very fortunate there.
0: Yeah. I mean, what you just described is the entrepreneurialism utopia, right? Like every listener today is going, Oh my goodness. You could leave. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You have people that you trust that you don't have to check on. They've been with you 20 years. Like all these things that you just very casually stated, you're blowing some minds. And so I want to get into that a little bit because I think we there should be some hope that 20, 30 years down the road, that entrepreneurs who have been building that long do have team members or partners or people in their business that have been for the ride and and that they can trust and that they can you know, they don't, they're not needed in every little piece of the business. And so before we get into that, though, I want to know your history. Like how did the business, how did you, you said your entrepreneurialism from birth, like, what does that mean? What were you, was it a different business beforehand? How did you get started with this one so long ago? Like, give us the backdrop a little bit.
1: Well, this is a family business. So my grandfather started at 86 years ago. Wow. My two uncles went into business with him. And when I graduated from when I was graduating from college in eighty-one, they had asked me to come to business to for business into business with them. Yeah. Uh, because they just bought another sawmill in Missouri. So we had a sawmill in Illinois and one in Missouri. So they asked me to help learn the business here in, in Illinois. Yeah. So I, I worked for them for 16 years. Part of that deal was to to get part of the business. Sure. So in that process, in that 16 years, I started a molding operation. We started a retail store for hardwood products. Right. matter of fact, that one was, the first store was 640 square feet. Then we built a store, which was 3,200 square feet. And then we doubled that. And now it's 20,000 square feet. We opened, or I opened four stores called Woodworker Shop throughout Illinois. And then in that 16 years, and then, and at that time, we actually flooded at our mill in Missouri. We shut down the mill here in Illinois because Missouri is a better
0: timber-producing
1: okay. state. And yeah. then I bought the Illinois operation from my uncle's. There you go. So you've been in it as a since oh, a yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, and I love I love how the number one thing that I just took from that short story was that even though you were in the business, it was. Their business and yours kind of together, but that you, in the midst of all that, were still doing things in the business, like meaning the retail store, the molding operation, all of those things were probably either your idea or your push, your main you know hand, and of course your team. But it's just it just is a great opportunity for anybody listening here today who either is a kid or a grandkid of a, of a business owner, or someone like me who's not, but who has kids. And I want my kids involved and I want to get them, you know, in a family business. And so it just gives us a, a good depiction of what that could potentially look like and give room is my point, really. Right. Did you, did you ever feel like, like, like that it wasn't yours or that you couldn't do your own thing, even though you were partnered with them before you bought them out?
1: No, no. They gave me the latitude to, to grow where yeah. we needed to, you know, once I presented financials to them and to show them right. the potential of that. And it's, yeah, it, it always worked out well.
0: It's awesome. I want to know maybe, maybe early on, you know, before maybe you bought them out, but really any any example would be fine. What I'm looking for is a good decision that you made that you can strategically look back and go, okay, we made this choice, and it was one of the ones where I would make it over and over and over again given the opportunity. What what can we learn from you here?
1: Probably the best choice I've made in business was when I started going to my wife for advice. And and let me explain that because, you know, I'm very laid back and easygoing and my wife is very type A and and very detailed. So she's, she fills my voids in in what I don't see. So she sees a lot of things that I don't in making decisions. and, And that's really quite honestly, the best decision for business I've made. Now that'll, that'll, be different for different people. I mean, that may be right. a different businessman for somebody else or, or right. somebody at their a deacon at their church or, or sure. their pastor or something else that, that can give them advice. But in my case, I'm very fortunate that my wife can, can put a different view to every situation because yeah. it slows me down as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, you know, we're, I'm, I'm gangbusters. You know, I want to, right. I want to jump into everything, literally every <laughs> business opportunity I see, I think, Oh, I want to do that. And, it right. takes her it takes her to rein me back in and say, Okay, let's be realistic about this situation, and how much time do you actually have
0: yeah that's right and and probably more now than ever it's time, right, yeah, it's
1: yeah, how much can you really do
0: and, and not so much like a capability wise but time wise you know we yeah, we have to exchange our time. The, the, the mindset there, I, I'm pulling two things here. Number one, it doesn't have to be the wife, but you just, you need somebody who counteracts the way that you operate so that you can make quality decisions. And then number two, I, the wife actually is part of it. Like if you're married today, even if she's maybe not the type a, um, you know, detailed operator, maybe you are, whatever the dynamic there is. Absolutely. She's your wife. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And I missed that early on. I mean, Julie, my wife is is also a high driver like me. We're both pretty detailed, but she's just not business oriented. And so I just kind of dismissed a lot of what she thought. And um I can think of a couple times where she was like, "Hey, I don't I don't think we should do that." And she couldn't bring what I called a business case, right. you know, of of why. It was just feeling, intuition, whatever. And I've learned to I've learned to pay attention to that voice a little bit more nowadays.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Good yeah. for your business and family.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. Good for me. You know, like I, I'm, I'm not making bad choices. <laughs> She's a pretty good decision maker. All that to say, let's flip the coin. Let's go to a bad choice. What did you do along the way here? I'm sure there's plenty to choose from, but it just didn't work out and we can learn from it.
1: Well, a, a bad choice would be, uh, as an example, I, I bought a machine at our molding operation that was multifunctional, you know, it was going to solve all the issues of running dimensional lumber in our case, it did multiple things and eliminated two other machines. And, and I took the advice of the person running the molding operation at that time, but I didn't do my due diligence. And that machine didn't pan out to what it was cost me a whole lot of money. And but it taught me a great lesson. So, you know, to trust and verify, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, and anything, because like I said, I've got great people, right. but it doesn't necessarily mean they see the picture as I do. You know, it's right. like buying a new truck, you know, but, you know, you know, a truck for me may cost $100,000 to deliver material. But if I can find something for half that price that works for application, then I'm going right. to do it. Yeah. Know, yeah. You know, we, yeah, I, There's a perfect yeah. I've become very conservative in my purchasing since that nice lesson. I call that machine my Ferrari, by the way, because <laughs> never, never got the Ferrari, but I, that machine costs as much as one. So,
0: yeah. Well, I, I think that there's, there's a lot to unpack there. I think that, you know, you're saying you gave the autonomy to your person. You kind of went with his direction. It's not necessarily that he maybe didn't even know. It's just, maybe he just didn't have the full picture like you do as, as the, the, the head visionary. What do you think about like, because the thing that comes out of my mind from that story, it's like, it's like our obligation to give him or her a counterpart, like to their decision. So, you know, I can think of someone coming to my team to me, Hey, I think we should do X, Y, Z. If, if I don't, you know, wrestle with them a little bit, mastermind with them a little bit, go back and forth with them a little bit. And I just take their word for it. It's like you said, it's, it's just trusting, but no verifying. It's not verifying as if I don't trust them. It's just I owe it to them to wrestle it out a little bit to make sure that it is the best for everybody involved. Would you agree with that oh, or do you have any oh, example ab- there?
1: Absolutely. I mean that that's the whole point is that I as the owner of the business need to make that counterpoint because yeah, they don't know what else is going on in the business in other divisions, what it's costing, what the cash flow is. They have no no idea. But from their point of view is this nice shiny, shiny. new machine <laughs> Would be great, Ayo. But it didn't necessarily pan out to be what we anticipated right. in that decision, um, and could have I'm been. I'm just glad you got your Ferrari a lot of more affordable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you did you at ugly, least paint it red? You no, know, it was an ugly Ferrari. <laughs> I just stuck, I stuck a sign on it that said Ferrari, my Ferrari. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: That I can I can relate to that, you know, when you when we're making financial decisions, I think that it's not that it's not that conservative. Yes, I would agree. I, we're 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 on the same page there, but when you understand what the dollar invested can bring back, whether it be invested in a piece of equipment or invested in a new business or in your people, it's tough to to buy the thing, the red Ferrari, the actual Ferrari when you know the power of what what the investment can do for you. I want to know, is there like a process or maybe a mindset that you follow after all these years of decision-making, something comes across your desk today, any certain steps that you follow around making good decisions?
1: Well, I would have to say, you know, I try my best to be faith, family, then financial, you know, which is easy. It's easy to turn those around when you're in business. Yeah. So you have to, be diligently you know praying daily in your business so that God's first family's next and then and then financial so again that's a it's a lifetime commitment job commitment <laughs> yeah yeah but that's my goal
0: yeah that's good i i i think that that's sound perspective and and then you made it really relatable by going okay god after all these years you still have to remember or choose to do it in that order i think that that's super powerful because you're right it can it can get mixed up pretty easily and it doesn't always have to be money first like we can get things mixed up where we choose our family first which doesn't it sounds like well that's not a bad idea there's just man when you when you can when you can incorporate the little whispers you know, even if it's just a 10 second little help Lord, you know, I think that there's just so much wisdom, revelation, you know, clear direction, synergy, unity, whatever, how, whatever descriptive words we want to use, those things flow out of that state. Would you agree? or Would you like to add anything to that?
1: Well, no, you, you said it well, I, I absolutely agree.
0: Good. Appreciate that. Let's go with the speed round here. Um, I want to come at you in a little different angle. The first round is about tracking. You've got several divisions, a lot going on in your business, departments and people and different products. If you could only track one thing forever and ever, what would it be?
1: That's a very difficult question. If I could only track one thing, I, I guess realistically it'd have to be the bottom line. So the profit of the business, because the yeah. business is not going to, exist if we're not making a healthy bottom line to make it keep growing as you know business as a lot of a lot of people don't know it's very expensive to run a business nowadays you know especially from the the tax structure in my case i have a lot of inventory a lot of machines trucks forklifts you know so the bottom line has to be there for us to keep growing yeah
0: yeah it's the it's the ultimate lifeblood to know whether we're going to live another day (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I have support my family.
0: So yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I think that, you know, out of a healthy business numbers wise, profit wise, to your point that it's not just your family that's being taken care of how many people on your team, their families, clients that are being fulfilled, that wouldn't be if your business didn't exist. So there's a lot of families, a lot of people that get touched by, by the fact that you're, you're keeping a good, a good tracking over there. So what book would you recommend? To a six-figure business owner who's trying to scale their business,
1: I, I honestly have to say the Bible. Okay, I mean, there's more. There's more business advice in the Bible than any book out there. Now, there's a lot of books written about the business advice that's in right. the Bible. So, right. um, so just you know, if if you're getting into business, type into the, the internet. Just type in there business advice in the Bible, and there's a limited amount of information in there.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I, pers- I appreciate that perspective. It makes me think of a time where I was speaking at a men's event and in a church that we were involved with years ago, I'd helped start the men's ministry and everybody kind of, I was the, the one business guy. There just wasn't a lot of business guys, you know, in, in the church. And, uh, and one of my favorite books is thinking grow rich. And, but I, I, you know, a lot of people in the church are like, you know, wait a second thinking like that, that that's not biblical as, but the reality is is that these are all success principles that, come straight from, straight from the, Bible, yeah. the Bible. yeah, So I love correlating things like that and blowing people's minds. So appreciate the perspective there. I want to know one question here around operations. If you only had, you, now this might be easier for you because you're, you're further down the road here, but if you only had one hour each week to work in the business, okay. successfully run your business like you do now, but you only got one hour each week, what would you do in that one hour?
1: Well, with one hour a week, I would probably just meet individually with my department heads and first see how they're doing personally, and then see how they're doing financially in their divisions, what things need to be addressed there. Yeah.
0: Why did you say first address how they're doing?
1: We, we've got quite a good family here of of people. So, you know, this business doesn't exist without my employees whatsoever, you know? Yeah. So their health, well-being means a lot to To me and and their success also.
0: Is that weighty for you? Like to use King terminology, the weight of the crown, right? Like, is that weighty for you to care for all Um, those people at such a level?
1: Only in bad times, you know, it became weighty in 2009 when the economy crashed and our business was cut 50% in a a day. I mean, that, that was, that was a different experience, but a very learning experience, you know, yeah, learn a lot from. The downturns in your business, probably more so when everything, if everything goes good every day, then you're never going to learn anything. So, but, but otherwise, no, no, I enjoy, I enjoy it. I, I know one thing when we used to be a sawmill only, and then I bought the operation and we kept growing into different areas. One of the things I was very proud of is how much the income level went up for my different employees. So I took, I personally took great pride in that fact.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that have that mindset. Not everyone, but there's a lot of guys, especially that I have found raising up. Maybe it's just a a you know people that we're attracting and, and talking to, but there there's this sense of pride, if you will, around like it's not just about me. It's about it's about those that are with me and their families even. And so I just appreciate that being that you've you've been here, done that for a minute. I, It tells me again that. <clears throat> I'm, I'm operating in the right mindset as a, as a younger business owner. One last question here for you. All right. Are you ready? If you could whisper in the younger Rick's ear, what would you tell him?
1: Whisper in my ear, <laughs> probably listen to your wife earlier than you did for her advice. Uh, because just for that same reason, you know, I needed different viewpoints and to slow me down. It's good. It's good. How
0: can the listener find you, Rick? They want to reach out to you, get some get some additional words of wisdom, or even connect. Maybe they're in your area. They need to get wood, hardwood supplies or or material or all the different parts of your business. How can they find you?
1: Best way is to email me at rbutler at woodworkershop.com. You know, if they forget that, just go to woodworkershop.com or com or millworks.com those are the three legs of the business
0: that's awesome we'll put all that in the show notes as well and uh, that way they can easily connect with you but i i wish we had a little bit more time because i think i could probably pick your brain of 30 years of experience for for a whole another hour or two i'm i'm extremely inquisitive of guys that have just you know, been down the road. So I just appreciate your time personally, selfishly, actually <laughs> appreciate your time. And I feel like I've learned uh, and, and been, and been strengthened here today, just on some of the things that we're already doing that, that you're saying are, are good. So I uh, just appreciate your time. Thanks for giving here today. We wish nothing but blessing on your family and your businesses, all your people.
1: Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you, Chaz. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners, is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically, who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.